Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded Podcast, the companion podcast, digitallydownloaded.net. My name's Alan. Hello. I'm going to be your host this week. It's pretty exciting. With me this week is also Matt. Hello. Hello. I'm not going to be your host this week. He's not. I've stolen his job again. It makes me feel good. This is the this is the true thievery of the modern era. We've also so Alan's got all the buttons. He's got all the power. I don't, I don't have can, any buttons. He can silence me at any point now, and this is this concerns me. The fact that you realise that I edit this, so I could have done it at any point. Yet I've chosen not to because a it's too much effort, and b I don't really care enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much effort to silence me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be a good dystopian leader. I feel. Um, <laughs> Harvard's also here. Hello, Harvard. Good morning. Uh, great dystopian leader. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> <laughs> Trent's also here. Hello, Trent. Yes, I'm basically part of a furniture now. Yay. Hi, Trent. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, we've got a couple of things to say before it all begins, but I want to mention my best friend in the world, Randy Pitchford. Yeah, he's been up with two of his magic tricks, he has. Yeah, he's he's been studying <laughs> more videos about what microtransactions are. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> I'm really, like, pushing the envelope here by saying that Randy Pitchford is an absolute bell end of a human. Um, yeah. yeah, what was it? So he, he was up there on the Twitters complaining about Game Informer for calling him out for saying there's no microtransactions in his games. I don't know which game it is. In or something. Yeah. yeah. So he's up there saying there's no microtransactions, but then, like, the producers of the game said, yeah, but there's microtransactions, and Game Informer called him out on that, and now he's he threw a pretty epic tantrum on Twitter. Yeah, he had, a, he had cool. a big old sook. It was great. He really did. It was it was a masterpiece of how not to Twitter. Worst thing is, it's a very big case of Streisand effect as well. <laughs> I, I would not have cared or known, but now that he's upset about it, I need to laugh at him. Like <laughs> he's an idiot. Yeah. Um. Basically, he he does have a kernel of truth, but it's such a like a tiny little nonsense thing compared to what it actually is. So basically what he meant was there are no loot boxes paid in the game and no like boosty things, but there kind of are boosty things involved in pre-order. Um, and there's also cosmetics that you can buy. Yeah. The game so he, so he there are microtransactions because they're small transactions that you do to play the game. Yeah. Randy, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Don't don't play the semantic games, Randy. Yeah, and he's trying to play it off like it's it's different because it's not loot boxes. Yeah, but you know, you're still doing microtransactions. It doesn't make it better. No, Alan, only loot boxes are evil. Didn't you get the memo? I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm honestly just wondering how what he was thinking when he was doing this. Was he gonna be like, I don't oh, think yeah, he the gamers are gonna rally behind sure me? Gamers I'm, rise up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Randy Pritchford only ever thinks about what magic trick he's going to pull next. That's basically yeah. what he's at. Of course, he can disappear from the games industry. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not that keen on stuff anymore. He, he just likes to you know show off a bit. And yeah, talk things up a bit, like good graphics in Alien games and stuff. As you can see, this is real gameplay. This is the real deal. Yeah. 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 He, He's full of shit. I don't trust him. After Colonial Marines, you cannot trust that man. He's an idiot. Um, Borderlands 3 looks all right, though. Looks like a game. It's Yeah, it looks like a game, I was going to say. It's a game. Yeah. It's definitely a thing you press buttons in. I will probably play it just because I like loot shooters, and this isn't online all the time, so I like that. So you're going to give Randy money? 
No, I'm going to give Gearbox money and hope to God that Randy doesn't spend it on, like, the fucking um, the Me- trick from Arrested Development, you know, the, the great Egyptian tomb. <laughs> you know, every time you buy a copy, he gets a ticket to a medieval fair, Alan. Really? Well, yeah, that's right. Every time you buy a copy, you give him oh, enough right. money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes back in time. I thought you were talking about, like, he builds the time machine. He back in time and, like... Find his USB. <laughs> it's the new Mortal Kombat storyline. Oh, uh, Chronica. All right, with that, let's go to some music. <laughs> Miku music. Happy music. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. Okie dokie. So we actually forgot to talk about the games of May last week in the podcast. We only realized that after we'd already done the podcast that it was basically the end of the month. So we're doing that now. Um, Obviously, there's been a couple of days into May by the time you're listening to this. Um, But the good news is there's only been a couple of major releases from the start of the month. Um, The big one, I guess, is Valhalla Cyberpunk Bartender Action Game. That's a visual novel that was finally released on console via 
PS4 and Switch um, last week, and it is absolutely spectacular, and you should absolutely play that one. Um, but in terms of the other stuff that's coming out for the rest of the month, uh, let's look at Nintendo's first. Uh, what have we got? So it's quite a big month. Um, we have Pure Pure Champions comes out on May 7, and that's really cool. Um, everyone likes a bit of esports. Everybody likes a bit of Pure Pure. So combining the two can should definitely be a good thing. Um, <laughs> well, it should be. It should be a good thing. I've said things are definitely going to be good things before and they aren't so i'm hoping that i'm you know just saying uh, i'm just hedging my bets here alan um, <laughs> then later on the month for people who like the saints row thing saints row actually gets a switch port on may 10th wait really oh yeah cool. saint row oh, the third gets i love that port. game oh, yeah that's so. a good game it's better than gta 5 probably it was okay. the best saints row I that's think a really weird good. game to play on Switch, though. Yeah, it's a strange pick. I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, it'll probably do okay. I mean, it's Saints Row. People like it. People mm. will get to play it on the go. All good. On the same day, and I'm sure this is the one you actually prefer, Alan, there's a game called My Big Sister coming out. I don't know what that is, but, you know, it's coming out. I'm sure you'll love it. Um, <sighs> on May 14, Sniper Elite V2 Remastered also gets a release. Sniper Elite's pretty good by st shooter standards, and you get to shoot Nazis in the nuts, which is pretty nice. Nazis. In Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> this, is my new, this is my new job the uploading podcast is just to make puns of words that Matt has said. Uh, on the same day, Rock of Ages 2, Bigger and Bolder. Oh, that's a good game. On Switch. Yeah, it's a great game. game. I love it. I really love it. It's the most Monty Python game that's not made by Monty Python. It so is. It comes to us from a South American studio, Ace Team. I think they're Argentinian, yeah. aren't they? They also made Xenoclash as well. Yeah, and Abyss Odyssey. So they're a pretty good developer. Rock of Ages 2 is a bit like a cross between, what, Monkey Ball and Tower Defense? That's yeah. a That's a pretty awesome combination with a bit of weird history thrown in, Monty Python style, which is all good. Yeah. Uh, May 16, here's one for Trent. Bubsy, pause on fire. Yeah, Trent. Game of the year. And moving on. Another one? Yeah, they just can't stop. I don't know why. Why? I know, I know. But remember, this know, one was made by years. like a good developer, and it was like a running game. Remember, there was hype for it. I do not remember this, and also I don't <laughs> want to remember this. Yeah, I, I don't think hype hype four and Bubsy have ever gone together, Trent. Um, anniversary. Oh, Castlevania Anniversary Collection comes out on May 16, and that's pretty good. Is that the Symphony and um, Rondo? No, no, that's up to Symphony. It doesn't have Symphony in it, but it has no, that's like nonsense. I want Symphony. Wait, what? It has all the old ones in there. Oh, so like the pre pre Metroidvania era. Yeah, yeah, the pre Metroidvania ones, the oh. Super NES ones, the NES ones, and one of the Game Boy ones I think is on there as well. So it's a pretty big pack. Should be good. Um, who doesn't like Castlevania? Me. Shh, Alan. Shh. Like Metroidvania. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, on May 21, here's one for me. Atelia Luluak, the Skyon of Ireland, comes out, which is, I love Atelia. Can Atelia you makes explain me happy. to me what that title means? It means it's a new Atelia game. No, but what is the, what is the subtitle? The Skyon of Ireland. Well, Ireland's the country that they're in. Uh, okay. Skyon means Skyon. And Lulua is the character. <laughs> so, you know, I just, that's a pretty logical JRPG name, actually, by jrpg title I, like if standards. i saw that on a store shelf i would think it's just not in my language <laughs> i would just be so confused by that it's okay think... alan i can guarantee you the art wouldn't 
turn, wouldn't turn you on anyway. You'd look at it once and you'd be like, yeah, that's one of those anime weeb games. And Yeah, and then I'd buy it for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'd buy it for me, which would be a nice gift because, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Atelier, obviously. This is actually a sequel to the original Arlen series back on the PlayStation 3, which was the series that got me into Atelier in the first place. So very excited for that. Uh, on the same day, a whole bunch of Resident Evil crap comes out for Alan. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil Zero, Resident Evil, Resident Evil 4 HD all come out um, on and Switch course, that same day. At the same, and Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered comes out on the exact same day as well, which Why? is actually a good one. That's no. the good one. Yes. Well, Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered includes Liberation in it, and Liberation is the best. Okay, so like Creed. half of that content is all right. The rest yes. of it is poison. Yes, but it's good. Um, and then at the end of the month, Lapis X Labyrinth comes out on Switch and PS4. That's uh, Nipponichi's new one, which is pretty good, I'm hoping. I've got my hopes set high for it. It looks good. It's cute. Uh, over on the PlayStation thingy, PlayStation 4, what do we got coming up on the PlayStation 4? Let's have a quick look. We have all the stuff that we already talked about on the Switch. <laughs> Also, a Plague Tale Innocence comes out on May 14. That's a really yeah. good game. I'm really looking forward to that. That's, that's the, the one. rat game, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the one set during the Black Death and Inquisition, and you're a young girl that needs to somehow survive both, which is pretty... I mean, the odds are stacked against you. Let's let's put it that way. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it, look, it does look really good. Uh, Team Sonic Racing comes out on May 21, which is going to be good. Just in time for the movie. <laughs> it's actually... Yeah. No, guys, Team Sonic Racing is by Sumo Digital, and they are consistently the greatest no. card games you'll ever play. No, I yeah. like Transform. Transform is really good. It is so good. Transform if you haven't played it yet, go on YouTube and watch one of the tracks and just fall to your knees and how gloriously beautiful it is. It is amazing. Any, anybody that actually is not looking forward to Team Sonic Racing has, has something wrong with them, because that is definitely, after Mario Kart, the the racing, the kart racing games to, to play, for Wait, sure. Is Football Manager Kart. in this one? Because I want to play only Football Manager. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm definitely football manager is going to be my main, unless Hatsune Miku is in there for some reason, which would be a miracle since Sega seems to have lost that license. But I've got, I have my hopes. So the weird thing is, apparently, it's like a co-op cart game or something. I don't know about that. It's weird. Uh, it's not it's like a, it's not like a regular comfort. Is it like it's game. like Double Dash? Yeah, probably no, 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 something like Double Dash. I reckon different rules and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I've got no idea, but whatever. It might be okay. <laughs> It'll be good. Uh, and then to round out the month on PlayStation, there's a couple of horror games coming in, which uh, uh, yeah. are intriguing. Um, there's one called Dollhouse. That's intriguing. If you see that, go and have a look at the trailer for it. it. It looks interesting. It might be bad. It probably will be, but, you know, give it the benefit of the doubt for now. Um, and Lays then at the... And at the very end of the month, uh, Layers of Fear 2 comes out. And I'm really looking forward to that. Well, as that my was... friend called it, Laser Fear. Laser Fear, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the one. So Lay Layers of Fear, the original one, was a really good walking simulator no, horror crossover. Alan doesn't like these <laughs> things because Alan has... No, I played but... the entire thing and like I wasn't scared at all. And I was laughing at how stupid it was. That's how awesome you are, Alan. You're just... I, I am amazed by your ability to not be scared. No, it, but it wasn't. It was just like, oh, the knives are coming off the table. I hope you're afraid of floating knives. And then it's the baby. Possessed. 
So that baby doll that like runs into the wall and smacks its head on the like on the bookshelf is like the like the funniest thing that I've ever seen in my life. And they didn't fix the trigger like on the floor for it. So you could run backwards and forwards and just trigger this like ghost baby demon child thing to just run headfirst into a wall. And it 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 makes me very happy. You heard it here first. Alan kills babies. No, it's a demon ghost baby. They can't die. And if Alan's not looking forward to Layers of Fear 2 based on that, then he... Oh, I'm going to be buying it. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> like, they sold me on it. <laughs> there we go. Um, so, Harvard, what's your pick of the month? What are you looking forward to? I know we've already assigned you Lapis X Labyrinth to play, so hopefully that turns oh, yeah. out well That'd for you. But It's like, uh, I like how you can just stack your team of JRPG characters into a little tower and explore the dungeon that way. That looks awesome. Um, my game that I'll play a lot for fun is probably Sonic Racing. But also, isn't Total War Three Kingdoms coming out as well? Is it? It's not on my list. That's because I'm not looking at PC. Ha! Yeah, that'll PC teach me. Probably is coming out. Yeah. Oh, actually, since we're talking about platforms, we don't talk too much about. Actually, 3DS gets one game too this Wait, month. What? It does. There's a new 3DS game coming out that everybody should absolutely play, except for Alan because Alan has no taste. But Persona Q2, new labyrinth, oh, yeah. new it cinema labyrinth comes out, which is the Persona uh, dungeon crawler. Sequel to the last one, which was a couple of years ago now, um, brings the characters of Persona 3, 4, and 5 together for some dungeon crawl and action. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And that comes out... Oh, it comes out on June 4, but close enough to me. <laughs> close enough. Do you know but, how important it is to the plot of Persona? Because I haven't played to the end no. of either of those games. They're not very important. They're more side stories, um, and they're more... They're more, it's not, I mean, when I say fan service, I don't mean in terms of swimwear and stuff. It's more a game that's designed for fans um, to, you know. Just like character interaction. To, to see their characters interact in amusing oh. ways. It's a very funny game. If it's anything like the last one, it'll be a very funny game indeed. So, I like the Dagger Romper spinoff. That was pretty much very fan servey, the Dagger Romper one. You know, the spinoff where you like the point two point five where you're shooting things in like the thing that was like fan service yes that was actual fan service <laughs> <laughs> this no. is fan services in like i said it it's uh it, it's about having watching your favorite characters interact in amusing ways my and... issue with that concept with persona in particular is that they use the same character traits throughout the game so it's like this uh, this person is interacting with themselves but wearing a different shirt well i'm looking forward to yusuke and yusuke you know yeah, I want to see Yusuke get fucking glassed. <laughs> By Yosuke, because Yosuke is a classy dude and Yusuke is not. What? <laughs> My brain just melted about four <laughs> times in that one sentence. Yeah, uh, no, that's dead. one. That's one for the. That's one for the Persona fans. Uh, Trent, oh, can't you like actually just beat him up? I love that. Okay, no, I take it back. This game needs to exist. <laughs> and Morgana and Teddy can like you know team up and do things. Like in the human forms. forms. In human forms, yes. yes. Both of them. In all forms except human. <laughs> also the dog. Uh, Koromaru, the yeah. ultimate hero boy. <laughs> I like does he have a human form? I, no, he does not have a human form because he's an actual dog. He's, he's a literal dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's an because actual instead dog. Instead of using Ken because Ken sucks because he's a small baby child, like, use his dog instead. <laughs> he picked a dog over a human boy. <laughs> It's a good idiot. It, that's that's a rational choice, really. Trent, what about you? What what games are you looking forward to this month? Ken. 
Well, I got my, you know, the regular EB games, like, you know, list of May games the other day, and they had the great pun of this month may interest you. Uh, anyway, um, when I was scrolling through it, there was quite a lot of stuff on PlayStation VR. Like, you've got, you know, the Killing Floor has, like, a PlayStation VR thing. Like, everybody's golf is coming out for PlayStation VR. There's, like, some Blood and Truth game, which is on PlayStation VR. Tri- the Rick and Morty game. <laughs> Trova saves the universe that's also playstation vr compatible home sweet homes playstation vr compatible there's a bunch of playstation vr things so maybe i'll check some of them out because i haven't touched my vr for a while and i thought that was actually somewhat interesting somewhat cool uh, but otherwise i'll probably just pick up um team sonic racing and a plague tale most likely Speaking of PlayStation VR, there was one that came out about a week ago, uh, developed by Aussie Team. Um, it's called Table of Tales, and I highly recommend that one. It's like a tactics RPG thing, but it plays out like you're actually at a board, and it's like a Dungeons and Dragons style kind of board game thing with pieces that you move around and, and stuff. It's really nice, really really neat little use of VR, and I highly recommend that one. Not a May game, but you know it's May now, so play it anyway. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Should we go to some music? Yeah, let's go to some music. Let's go to some music from Layers of Fear just to make Alan happy. There's music from Layers of Fear? Yeah, there is, but it's all bad. It's all, <laughs> like, it's all like, we're going to do a dissonant chord 17 times and you're going to get afraid on the fifth. Alan really likes it, actually. <laughs> it's his favorite music. He we're going to do a diminished 11th. Hope you're he, ready. He plays Alan it for fun there. all the time. It's basically all he does when he's not podcasting. He's playing. Imagining him playing the game and music. analyzing the music theory of the soundtrack while he's playing. It's like, oh my goodness, why would they use that chord? That's so. No, so like, you're making this joke, but I played it through with my mates who both did music degrees, and we were just dunking on it the entire time for doing the exact same thing over the course of like twelve hours. <laughs> it's a bad game. You should live stream that. I would watch that. Alan and his friends analyze game music while playing games. No, but we were drunk as well, so it was really just us shouting about how bad it was. <laughs> it wasn't, it, we considered it to be honest. Welcome back. Okay, Alan, tell us about Mortal Kombat 11. Go. Uh, Shao Kahn is cool. <laughs> Game good. Is he? Yeah, he's cool. He's it's a good, good boy. Yeah. It's good. It was worth the fact that 
never whatever it is put their developers through absolutely not <laughs> absolute agony to make yeah they played through agony <laughs> <laughs> well done well done Thanks. so for people who are not listening in or have not been tuning in to the twitters and stuff uh metal combat 11 came out what a week ago and yeah. um it's a pretty good fighting game and then news came out that the studio that made mortal kombat 11 treats its staff like absolute crap um but that of course is not going to affect sales of mortal kombat 11 because everybody's playing it and enjoying it and yeah like the issue is is they've made a good game <laughs> like well it's now the third there's still a color like correlation between making a shit game and giving your developers horrible horrible working conditions <laughs> Yeah, it's almost like the pressure to make a good game is making studios do some very stupid things. Um, yeah. But it turns out well in the end, and then people buy it, and then therefore, magic. therefore justify the actions uh, in the minds of the people at the head Plus, of these like, studios. Everyone's doing it nowadays anyway. Like, everyone's like, you know, bad working conditions everywhere. Like, you know, gamers, are just, gamers are just so yeah. placid towards it because, like, everyone's doing it. So they're just like, oh, well, you know, this guy, like, I'm not going to boycott, like, EA because, like, they make my football game or whatever. Like, who cares if, like, a few people, like, die or don't see their family or something. I don't know. Like, that's no what game is. <laughs> well, the <laughs> indie, that's, that's why you've got the indie space trend. But if people... Why are they turning into Ozymandias from Watchmen? <laughs> it's like the sacrifice of a few to save the world. <laughs> yes. EA is going to summon a giant squid and kill us all, basically is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, that's another discussion for another day. But yes, developers should probably treat their staff better. And it would yeah. be nice if they did. But unfortunately... In this economy, no thank you. The way the industry works uh, and the way that consumers respond to games that aren't AAA um, means that unfortunately <laughs> this this stuff is going to keep this stuff is going to get keep getting done. But anyway, let's talk about Mortal Kombat 11 because it is a good game. It's pretty good. Um, it's a good fighting game. It's got good. If you well, like the realm style fighting games, you're going to like this one a lot because there's a lot to do with it. I think also it's been a built it's been built now over what two games. So Mortal Kombat 9 kind of brought Mortal Kombat out of the doldrums and out turned, of the Deadly Alliance hell. Yeah, <laughs> turned turned the series into a pretty decent fighting game series. Mortal Kombat 10 built on that and Mortal Kombat 11 builds on that yet again. Um it's got good characters. They've managed yeah. to even well, undick undick played Johnny much, Cage a bit. Have you played much of the story mode, Matt? No. Okay. Not too much yet, but it's, I'm gonna. It's I mean, actually it, really good. I think it's the best one that they've done so far. Well, that doesn't surprise me in the size because they actually did a good job with the story modes in the last couple as well. Injustice was very, very good. Like Injustice, yeah. it was a fantastic story mode. And well, not just Injustice, also Mortal Kombat. Like, yeah. they have this really. They're at this point where they're embracing the B grade of it all uh, and actually doing some in interesting things with it, and that's good. Yeah, and I don't even want to fuck the corpse anymore. <laughs> what? You yet yeah, Harvard? This is the problem with social justice. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, there was a controversy a while ago about how people didn't want to fuck a zombie because apparently they used to want to in the old games, but they can't now because it's not as attractive. Yeah, because they dressed the zombie up a bit more. Yeah, because they gave the zombie more clothing. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I asked for context, but the context isn't helping me. No, it's not. <laughs> Wait, is this the game where they got like smaller boobs or something, and that's causing the whole thing? Or was can we, that? Can we not else? talk about that? Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. They changed the costumes, but 
people. Yeah, they they, ch- they changed the costumes in theory for some of the characters, but the character that they actually changed the costumes of went from being alive to being a zombie by this game. So that kind of makes sense, I guess. And they, I don't know. It that's a very that's a very dark matter. and that's a very dark and unpleasant corner of the internet. So let's not talk about it. Yeah, the uh, idiots basically tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the game's really good though. I like it a lot. Um, Matt. They have they have up the gore again. Yes, they have, and it's really uncomfortable. It, it really is. I didn't think they would go any further than that, but I well, think about the budget they must have spent on the fatalities versus the actual game, and I'm like, was this really worth it in the end? Could you imagine what would happen to the people actually involved in developing those fatalities and how much work and how much time they spent making them? And they, they'd be like day in, day out for months working on the most extreme violence that you can possibly imagine. Those people must, like, need help. Yeah, I would, I would very comfortably say that these are the most, like, full-on fatalities in any Mortal Kombat game that I've seen. The only one that comes really close is the Wishbone one by Noob Cyber in MK9, where he, like, pulls you apart from the in. It's awful. Um, it's really bad. Like, there's a couple of them that I cannot look at in mk11 just because i feel so uncomfortable watching like real human like very human looking faces just melting so i should buy on the switch then <laughs> yeah because they're not human on switch. <laughs> oh. so weird that it's on switch i just it's so weird i mean it was like mk9 was on vita and that's how i played that game when it was banned in australia so i don't i don't think it's an issue like i i get obviously some people are un- going to be uncomfortable with the violence in Mortal Kombat and that makes sense because it is very extreme but I, I don't have an issue with it I don't have an issue with it any more than I have an issue with the the other side of stuff with Dead or Alive um, and the, the the sex um, it, it it's just it's just <laughs> and it's just quoting the sex <laughs> and the sex it's just um it's just extreme it, this is a fighting game that's always been about the extreme violence and I think they've just indulge that as far as they can possibly do and i don't know i i don't i don't have an issue with it really i think i think i read something that was like it they they try to push the violence to the point where it cannot be replicated and that makes it okay and if i think about it they're not wrong that it can't be replicated because you can't spin someone around into a spinning like blade hat and like cut their legs off and then yeah yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna put my opinion on if it's okay because of it, but it definitely you definitely can't replicate it. Yeah, well, you can't like summon a pillar out of the floor like a Mayan altar and then snap someone's neck on it and then drink their blood on the. You can't really do that in this world. <laughs> or become a tiger. What I mean, it's like, like, I I yeah. get really antsy if kids try to replicate wrestling moves or whatever, but you know. No, I understand you entirely. Yeah. Also, like, no kid should be playing Mortal Kombat 11. This is not a game for children. Oh, this is a this is a digression. But there's yeah. a I don't think it's Mortal Kombat 10 or 9 or whatever. But there's a streamer who's a famous fighting game player. I forgot his name. Oh, it's Tony Fox. Yeah. He was on um, playing online and he met some kid on Mortal Kombat and they just like just was used the same move on him over and over again. And the kid got very angry and that oh. guy became a meme. Oh no, that was, I was thinking of something else because like. You guys know who Sonic Fox is, right? No. Okay, he's the guy who uh, shouted at F Turfs. Um, he's really, really good. He's a he's a good boy. He's also like the best fighting game player in the world, probably right now. Um, he's a cool boy. Um, he started out playing MK 
uh, X when he was like 16 competitively, so he technically shouldn't have been allowed to. <laughs> well, that's, that's the cool. thing. I mean, you just know that a whole bunch of kids are going to play Mortal Kombat. It's going to happen. Oh, because um, you tell a kid that they can't do something, they're going to find a way to do it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's on Switch. Switch is... Or you just, like, parents are bad parents. They're... No, Matt, that doesn't actually, like, work that way because in the modern day, like, kids can do stuff on the internet. They can get stuff done. Yeah, but when we were kids, we played all this crap. Like, we had Mortal Kombat on the 64. Like, you know... But it's a that... bit different from, like, polygon nonsense to, it like, really hyper-realistic. So different. <laughs> mm. You can watch the old-school SNES fatalities and have a chuckle. Because yeah, they're, then... they're terrible. They look stupid and awful. <laughs> yeah, and you watch the new ones, and you're like, oh, my goodness, how horrifying. No, I have a chuckle. That's because you're insane. They're satirical. <laughs> they're so far over the top. They're obviously satirical in tone. And yes, you need to have a certain sense of humor to appreciate you that. Have to I be, guess. Have but, to be very high IQ to enjoy it. But <laughs> if you've watched enough, I mean, you watch <coughs> horror films. I, I watch lots of horror films and all that kind of stuff. And there's, a, I guess, a, a certain desensitization to it. But I find it amusing. It's just, it's not meant to be taken seriously. If, you, if you're looking at Mortal Kombat and you're saying, oh, they're trying to be seriously violent, then you, you're totally missing the point. And I don't know. I, I I think it's a good thing that at least this conversation's happening in the sense that they've been having this conversation about um, fan service and dead or alive for God knows how long. And again, it's, it's satirical in tone. It's not meant to be taken seriously. I think if people can frame that around Mortal Kombat to say that, you know, the content is satirical in tone, then perhaps people might finally get it because I'm t kind of tired of this, these conversations that we keep having about all of a sudden, um, you it's know. Discussion. What? It's that yearly discussion of, oh, this well, it's just, it, it's just all these people are, you know, people are always saying, oh, video games don't make you do stuff. Video games don't make you do stuff. There's no scientific evidence to that. So that's why it's okay for 10-year-olds to be playing Fortnite. There's no harm there and all that kind of stuff. But then Mortal Kombat comes out and they're like, oh, hang on a second. But it's not really any different. Um, it's just slightly more extreme, of course, but it, it's still... I would say that that makes it quite different, the extreme of the violence. Well, I would suggest that Mortal Kombat is satirical where Fortnite is not. I think, no, Fortnite has an irreverent tone. It's not meant to be taken seriously either. I would very but happily it, argue that. It's is it's easier to take it seriously because it's not as over the top. Fortnite is like dude. everything bad about internet culture rolled into it like a video game. Like it's it's like that internet culture violence and it's just it rubs people the wrong way. It's because, uh, I would because honestly if, prefer if my kid was playing Fortnite compared to playing MK11. Well, see, I, I wouldn't because Mortal Kombat has that potential of having an impact. It has an impact on you, for example. Whereas you look at the violence of Fortnite and you're like, oh, it doesn't mean anything. But it is. It's still violence. You know? It is still violence, but I'm not seeing someone get their spine kicked out through their dick. Like, <laughs> like it's a bit of a different, like, level. It's still quite, like, you could change those guns to paintball guns. And yeah, but the, gameplay. the point is... The violence out of MK11, you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, but the point is you're noticing the violence in Mortal Kombat 11, and obviously you realise that that kind of violence is not acceptable. Whereas in Fortnite... No, I'm not really a lot of people in the dick so they have their spines fly out of it. Like, that's a that's a thing that I do regularly, Matt. Sorry, can I slide into this conversation? I, I just realised that <laughs> describing any fatality in words is hilarious. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I, I love the idea that they had, like, a Mad Libs section where they're just, like, X character... Character kicks a blank into other character's head. This causes 
blank, <laughs> which then leads to further blank. And then just take some uh, cards out of a hat or something like just with like things like dicks or like spikes yeah. or. <laughs> okay, Crazy. see how it can be funny. I still, it is. I still reckon that Cass- Cassie Cage has the best fatality. No, oh, Johnny. Ever. Don't. No, nah, Cass- Cassie Cage. Is- oh, Johnny's is pretty funny when he takes the Academy Award out and beats the living shit out of you. That's the, that's the fatal blow. I'm talking about the one where he becomes a puppet. He makes oh, him yes, no, like, terrible jokes and he's like, it's great. I really like no, it. I love how the cutaway with that one, like that the freeze frame with the person dying is a tomato hitting him. That's great. Yeah, and it's oh, just no. Johnny looking like, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like shucks. It's also called Mr. Cage's Friendly Neighborhood or something. I, I really like that. Yeah, I don't know. MK11 is really good. That's my summary. I like it a lot. I think it's fun. I think the combat's a bit weird, but that's because it's a NetherRealms game and I'm not used to them. So, yeah. Alan likes it, but he doesn't like the fatalities, which is 90% of the game. It's not 90%. It's like, <laughs> it is literally like 10% of the game. I don't know. I, I feel like you wouldn't play more combat for like the combat. You'd play it for the fatalities. I hugely disagree. And the fighting game community also will disagree with you. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's a particularly good fighting game. Um, I think it is. I think with the amount of data that they give you, they're very much pushing for esports, and they always have. Been. Oh, for sure. And every fighting game has to push for esports these days. I don't know. I don't find it as fluid. Um, maybe it's just because I prefer Japanese fighting games. Yeah, I, don't find... I do generally prefer Tekken. Uh, I, I don't find it as fluid or as uh, smooth. I guess I, I like my fighting games to be, I don't know, dance like in the sense that they, there's that kind of movement and rhythm to yeah. them. And I, I think Mortal Kombat lacks that. But I think. Um, I, I'm certainly there will be a competitive scene that builds around it, and I certainly think it's well balanced. Like all the characters are, are oh, well done, or well, mostly, mostly, <laughs> mostly, not all. Most of the characters are pretty well balanced. And In I think, my experiences online, it's either a scorpion player or a um, or um, Sonya Blade. Well, okay, like I'll, I'll rephrase. It's it's a new yeah. game, so obviously they'll they'll tweak that stuff, but they will tweak it to the point where it is a competitive esports thing for most of the characters and all that kind of stuff so that's fine i just yeah i don't know i i wouldn't play mortal kombat if it wasn't because i find the violence amusing um there's just not much else to it for me um but you know hmm. other people be other people yeah yeah you should play dead or alive now alan i will probably never play dead or alive just because i heard that the launch of six was like atrocious in what way Oh, like content-wise. But that's every fighting game, though. No, MK11 is like a boatload of stuff. Tekken 7 had a boatload of stuff as well. I'm like at the point where I will only play a game if I know that it's finished. Oh, well, you can spend $6,000 to unlock all the stuff in Mortal Kombat, or I think it's, what, 3,000 hours or something of play? Yeah, I feel like that you're never intended to do that. <laughs> well, if you're never intended to do it, don't put it in the game. That's bloat. That's disgusting. I hate it just means that there's like randomization into it. I don't, like, I don't really care. I don't think it's good that you can't buy that stuff at the moment, I don't think. But I also don't really care. I'm there for the fight game mechanics and the story mode and the online, which is, by the way, the online in this game, I wish that Nintendo could look at this game and be like, oh, this is how online's meant to work. Alan becomes angry at Smash again. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I hate it. It's terrible. Like, Smash is awful for still. Like, still. It, we are, like, you know, six months into Smash being out, and I still just have the worst online experience. Whereas, like, week one of MK11, I was playing games, like, against Tubar, like, on the internet connection thing, and I had no lag at all. Like, it was pretty much perfect. Didn't notice any input 
lag or anything like that. It was good. I don't understand how, how this match exists. <laughs> that's because Smash Brothers is a local multiplayer game, whereas Mortal Kombat is designed to be played online. No. See? See how no. these things work, Alan? Donkey Kong doesn't respect that. I would actually say Mortal Kombat is a local multiplayer game because the whole part of the fatalities is to freak out the person you're sitting next to. Yeah, I don't know. You have to be a pretty specific crew to enjoy Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. No, look, I, I have plenty of friends who enjoy fighting games. My wife enjoys fighting games as well. The one that almost never gets pulled out for local multiplayer is Mortal Kombat because it's that kind of game that you need to be a very specific person to Find it, to find entertaining in the first place um and it doesn't really hold up on the strength of its mechanics uh, it for the party experience um of, of local multiplayer i mm. think people would prefer to play something like um you know tekken or uh, street fighter or dead or alive or um smash brothers of course or, i would say smash bros is probably the best or blaze blue depends on i guess well, how that game is impossible to play if you don't know what you're doing Depends on how serious, I guess, the, the person is about fighting games. But I, I, don't, I, I don't see Mortal Kombat really working in the same way as local multiplayer experience. Uh, online, yes, it is, because then you're playing against you know, people who find Huge that nerd. game... <laughs> people who find that game um, uh, appealing. But it's not... I don't know. It just I, I don't get the sense that it has that same universal appeal as other fighting games. Yeah. And with that... That old techno Mortal Kombat song. No, I was going to say we're going to play the dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> no, we uh, ironically, liking that song is. It's not ironic. I love it. It's good. It's a banger. It slaps hard.
right, everyone, we've got our fingerless gloves on, and we've got our, our black coats on, and we've got our styled hair with some pink dye in it. Have we got everything ready to hack into the mainframe with the beeps and the boops and the bappity beeps? This is how we do it. We're going to hack this mainframe harder than we've ever hacked before. That's terrible. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was okay. Well, so, no, I context love it. that was essentially <laughs> what happens when Alan's brain melts and becomes mush. And I'm starting to get to the point where I'm seeing tweets about how my opinion is wrong. And that's how I feel when people do that. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about punk games. And um, particularly because Matt wants to have a rant about cyberpunk games, but we'll, I do. I, he, I, yeah, I, I he's do. ready. I need to. It's important. So as I said at the start of the podcast, um, I've been playing Valhalla, which is that visual novel. Um, it's a it's a cyberpunk game, and it reminded me, I guess, because it is genuine cyberpunk in the sense that it is uh, it's got the aesthetic of the cyberpunk, but also it ha it remembers the the punk side of things. <laughs> um, in in that it's uh, how can I describe that? Um, it's very anti-establishment, and it's aggressively you know uh critiquing i guess certain elements of what might be a dystopian future <laughs> might become a reality for us all soon enough and it reminded me that uh, i guess a lot of games out there use this cyberpunk or steampunk is another example bioshock and all that kind of stuff um use this kind of this this these punks subgenres and don't do a good job of actually reflecting the punk side of things. Oh, because in, they don't want games to be political. They just in, want aesthetic. In part because they're developed by studios that have like a thousand people and actually the kind of companies that cyberpunk and steampunk would criticize. Um, <laughs> Matt is like subtweeting really hard here, if you can't tell. <laughs> I'm trying to find ways to say it nicely. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, I mean everybody's seen the, the previews, trailers and all that kind of stuff for uh, CD Projekt's cyberpunk and i'm sure it plays it'll be a game that plays well enough but is it really going to be cyberpunk with the punk well in there? I, going, I just can't see that happening i will say witcher 3 and witcher 2 both have academic essays written about them i'm willing to suspend disbelief about them not being able to carry this yeah but those aren't fantasy punk alan <laughs> there's nothing punk yeah, about i'm willing to respect that they might be able to do a pretty good job of it and actually like make a decent commentary i'm willing to will give them the benefit of the doubt in this when, case. When absolutely nobody else is. Yeah, I mean... Like, if you look at the big... If you look at the big budget kind of dash punk games, like um, Bioshock, as I mentioned before, Deus Ex, all of those kinds of ones, none of them have actually had the, the, the punk in there. Well, again, CD Projekt Red wasn't working on them, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have know. I have moderate belief that they can do it. It's, it's it's whether they can understand it, I guess. Because uh, I think they might. I again, like I understand your point, and I generally tend to agree with you on this one thing. <laughs> but like, I don't know. They did a good job with like making like folk tales and all that stuff into really good social commentary in Witcher 3, so I'm willing to believe that they can do it again with, you know, punk stuff. Could be good. Especially if they, they if they care about the subject matter, which I think that they do going off their, like, their, um, 
release information, I am willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. They could do it. I do agree with you that it's a bit like lost in the fact that they are a huge company. So it's a, it's antithetical to the entire point. But like, you know, they could do it really well. I'm, it could be good. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to believe it can be good, but I don't know. For me, for me, these kinds of genres are much more suited to the small indie space, I guess, because those indies don't have oh, the so kind of corporate... Like You're not going to like it to begin with. <laughs> Why? I liked The Witcher 3. Did you? Yeah, a lot. I gave it like five stars on the site, dude. Oh, shit. Okay, well, I'm, I'm an asshole then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem with CD Projekt Lyrid. Like I said, I'm sure C uh, Cyberpunk will actually play really well. Uh, I, I just don't see that genre working for big companies. Uh, even when they try to to have that social commentary in there, even when they try to... Be... I really hope they have microtransactions in it so I can mock it. <laughs> even even when they when these companies try to be subversive, um, like Punk should be, uh, a good example is, I guess, Mirror's Edge. Um, Bioshock as well. And Bioshock, even when they try to be subversive, there is just something about these games that doesn't resonate properly with that genre. And I don't know. For me, for me, it's more the kind of small teams. Small teams that don't have that corporate structure can be unliberated of, I guess, the the inherent issues. You know, it's a good game. Remember me? Ooh. No, <laughs> no, no one remembers. Yes, yes, no one remembers it. No one remembers it for a reason. I do actually want to try it. What, remember me? You can go yeah. buy it on Steam right now. <laughs> yeah, we're going to put this side because I respect that developer, but. City Project Red is great. No, not City Project Red. What? Who? The remember? Don't nod. Don't nod. Don't yeah, I respect those guys. Oh, that was made by Don't Nod. Yeah, yes. that, that was Don't Nod. Why I hate that game? Yeah, great. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, Matt, you want to enjoy this one? Detroit Become Human. Yeah, see, uh, see, this is why you never give a big studio a cyberpunk game to do. No, that's because David Cage doesn't know how to write. <laughs> He's illiterate. <laughs> He's like, you know what? I'm going to make this character have emotion. <laughs> and they're going to have a... They're going to use a freaking rape scene because they always do in these idiot games that he makes. I'm sick of him. He's dumb. His tropes are terrible. He's a terrible writer. None of his games are good. But, I mean, do you think... I, I think part of it is... I guess this kind of genre, these kinds of genres, they do need smaller teams with less people, less you know. <laughs> they need smaller teams with no David Cage, with with <laughs> with fewer chefs in the kitchen to really develop out ideas. Um, I mean, for me, one of the better examples of cyberpunk recently would be Republic. That's the um, that's the, the indie game, right? Yeah, the indie stealth game, and it was made by a small team and it genuinely gets it all. It's still got decent production values. It's not a, it's not a one man game, but um, yeah, it was made by a small team and I, you, you can feel the greater control that they have over the creative process when it's a small team. The bigger the team is, the more that becomes unwieldy. And I think yeah, that, that is sort of the detriment of these particular I genres. Argue, Cause I would definitely argue that punk has to be a very auteur sort of, um, like creation. I'd say. Yeah, it, it's more like Banksy oh, out yeah, there definitely. doing his thing rather than than a team of artists making a logo. You know. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you. There's a great video on it. Um, if you see Aaron Signal doing Watchdogs, he was like, everyone on the team was told 
cyberpunk is this kind of aesthetic so everyone works on their own little thing and they come together and it doesn't make any sense mm. i think the punk aspects of uh, watchdogs 2 is what ruined it no no yes. it was great because of that no 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 so watchdogs 2 has the problem where it's the reverse issues of watchdogs one so watchdogs one protagonist cold you know very you know i'm a serial killer sort he's of batman. vibe yeah he's batman, batman. but like you know but the game also did some cool things like you had the you know breaking into people's places the choice of if you're going to kill them or just hack them and be like haha lol but like you know watchdogs 2 is all like you know it's like a group of like internet sensation youtube kids or something who think they can hack and then suddenly it's all like lol we're so cool and it's like the worst of internet culture like condensed down and that is punk culture dude no no <laughs> see, I, didn't, I didn't even see these two games as cyberpunk because again it was just an aesthetic when yeah. they use it as an aesthetic it, it really doesn't sit well with me it, it feels to me more like a kind of generic science fiction it's just like they looked at a Susie and the banshee like you know, videotape, and they were like, oh, okay, cool, and they left. <laughs> and I think also, because these are corporates making it, there's there's a certain... They have to appeal to everyone. There's a certain la uh, emotion that they pull out because there's so many people working on the game at the same time. There's a certain level of emotion that's pulled out. But if you look at the genesis of all of these punk subgenres and punk itself, it's a very emotional uh, genre. It's a very emotional sense of creativity. I mean, it, it's not like... The Clash had seventy different people writing their music, <laughs> um, and if they did, it wouldn't have that same level of impact because it, it needs to be something personal. And if it's not, it, the the larger the team, the less personal the project becomes. And I think that's probably my issue with it. That's not to say these games are bad. Again, I love Deus Ex, both of the the recent ones. Uh, I I really enjoyed Bioshock for what they were as games, but as statements and as genre things, it, it does annoy me that people consider them to be dash punk mm. all right well that's a good sort of thesis to end on i feel <laughs> yeah yeah all right. i got to have my rant this week i did get a rant in. congratulations i'm so happy great life is good life is strange valhalla song valhalla song yes valhalla's got great music let's do that to finish up yeah it's got really good music really good cyberpunk. it's very cyberpunk it's such a cyberpunk game you should all play it seriously it's it, it is it's an amazing game is it Sexy Brutal too? I don't know what Sexy Brutal is, Alan. <laughs> don't you remember the, the, the entirety of last year was Alan recommending it to us? I know, I've got, I've got 20 different versions of the game, I just haven't played it. Yeah, he owns enough copies that he could play literally any console that he wants and play Sexy Brutal, but he just refuses to because he's an idiot. I've got the Game Boy demote <laughs> of, of Sexy Brutal. <laughs> E-card e reader. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, uh, but actually, I mean, if you look at it, this is a, this is a a visual novel Valhalla, um, but it has like 11,000 five star reviews on Steam or something. It's ridiculous it how visual novel it, it's on. it's not a visual novel in the sense that you're thinking, Alan. I, I assure you, this is actually a good game. This is a genuinely good bit of writing, um, and it's got great music and it's very cyberpunk. So, uh, let's have a bit of Valhalla music to finish. And thanks very much to everybody for tuning in, and we will see y'all next week. Au reservoir. See y'all.